So before we baptize, I just want to mention, uh, I just want to talk to you about um, the ultimate goal of every Christian. You ever wondered what the Lord's desire is for you and I as believers? What's his ultimate goal? Like if we could, if we could sit the Lord up here on his throne and we could interview him and ask him, Lord, what is it that you are desiring from us as individuals, as a Christian? What do you think the Lord would, how do you think the Lord would respond? What would he say? Some people think, well, I think the Lord would want me to be happy. Well, the Lord wants us to be happy, but that's really not his ultimate call for our life. But he wants us to be happy. Wouldn't you say that? Some people would say, well, he wants me to have a blessed and prosperous life. And you know what? You're right. He said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come that you might have an abundant life, a blessed life. But that is not the ultimate goal of the Christian. Some people would say, well, I think the Lord would want me to be, his goal for me is for me to be victorious. Well, I think the Lord does. I don't think the Lord wants us to live a defeated life. I think he wants us to live a victorious life. But it's not the ultimate goal of the Lord for you and our lives. And then, you know, I think some people would say, well, the Lord just wants me to have meaning. He wants me to have a purposeful, a fulfilled life. And I, I would have to agree with that, that that is what the Lord desires of each and every one of us, that we would have a meaningful, a meaningful and a fulfilled life. But it's not the ultimate purpose that the Lord has for your and my life. So what is the Lord's ultimate goal? Well, I think Jesus gives us the answer in John 15. I believe the Lord's greatest desire for every Christian is that we would bear lasting fruit. We would bear fruit. We would be fruit bearers. You know, think about it. If you plant a tomato plant in your garden, what are you hoping, what is your desire for that tomato plant? So what if it gives you some thorns? Is that what you're looking for? No, of course not. But John 15, 16 says, you did not choose or you did not choose me, but I chose you. How many of you know the Lord? We didn't, we didn't choose the Lord. The Lord chose us. That's how we came into the kingdom. Amen. And he says, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, but not just fruit, fruit that will last. Come on, how many of you know the Lord's desire and goal for every one of us is that we produce fruit, fruit that will last. Now, there's three kinds of fruit the Lord is looking for. The first one, I believe, he's looking for the uh, outward fruit of influencing others towards a relationship with Christ. And this is what he said in Matthew 4, 19. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What was he talking about? He was talking to fishermen and he was using an analogy of what they were, they were understanding of fisher of men. And he says, listen, I know you've been fishing for brim and soccolade and stuff like that, but I want you to become a fisher of men. I want you to move people towards me. That's what I want you to do. I want you to be fruitful. Just like healthy sheep breed sheep, healthy Christians should breed Christians. I need a better amen than that. Now, God has called us to bear spiritual fruit, producing and helping others come to know Christ. The second thing I believe is the second kind of fruit the Lord desires from us is the outward fruit of doing good deeds and helping others. 
And this is what Titus 3.14 says. And, and let our people also learn to maintain good works or good deeds, to meet urgent needs that they may be un, they may may not be unfruitful. So he says an unfruitful life is somebody that's not worried about the needs of others. But the flip side of that is a fruitful person is somebody that meets the needs of others. In other words, there's no place for a selfish, self-centered, self-focused person in the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 And then the third fruit that I believe the Lord is looking for is the inward fruit of Christ's likeness. He wants every one of us to become more and more like him, right? I mean, he wants us to reflect his image. He wants us, when people look at us, he doesn't want people to see the devil in us. He wants us to see Jesus in us. Come on, I'm not sure you got that yet, so let me say it again. When people look at us, he wants them to not see Satan in us. He wants them to see Jesus Christ in us. Amen? Christ-likeness. Galatians 5 and 22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what the Lord's looking for. He's looking for fruit. And one of the most important kinds of fruit we can produce is Christ-likeness. Now listen, wouldn't you agree to me? It's not that easy to produce Christ-likeness. I got this thing on the inside, like Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Amen? And sometimes I don't want people to see any kind of evil in me. I want people to see goodness. I want them to see love. I want them to see patience. But sometimes what pops out of me is not the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, can I get a witness out there? So listen, it's not that easy, and but the Lord wants us to work towards being fruit producers. Amen? Now, there are three kinds of fruit the Lord is looking for. The outward fruit of reaching others, the, uh, the outward fruit of helping others, and then the inward fruit of Christ-likeness. Now, there's four levels of fruit producers in the church. There are those that bear no fruit. They come to church, but you can't find spiritual fruit in their life. And then there are those that bear some fruit. And that's not a lot, but at least it's some. You know, listen, it might not be a lot of tomatoes, but at least it got a tomato, right? And then the, those that bear more fruit, they got more than one tomato. They bear more fruit. And then finally, there are those that bear much fruit. How many of you know that's what the Lord's after right there, amen? So every one of us in this room is at one of those levels of fruitfulness. Either we're producing no fruit in our lives, either we're producing a little fruit in our lives, or we're getting better at it, we start to produce more and more fruit. And finally, some of us have really matured spiritually and are producing very much fruit in our lives. And every day, there's one of these three kinds of fruit that is evident in our lives. Not that we say we have it, but others around us. And so whenever you think about it, whenever you go to work, are you moving somebody closer to Jesus because of your testimony? Whenever people look at you and they see you, when, when you don't know there's another Christian around, if do what they see in you reflect the character and love of God? That's what he's looking for, amen? And so finally, some of us have really matured and we're bearing fruit on a regular basis every day of our lives, influencing others, constantly helping those around us, being concerned with the needs of others around us. And we're reaching out and we're encouraging people everywhere we go. 
Amen. That's what the Lord's looking for. He wants all of us to be good at bearing fruit. Now, why is that so important? Why would the Lord make a priority of us being fruitful? Well, here's the reason why. In John 15, 8, he says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Why does he want us to bear fruit? Because it brings glory to the Father. That's why. Amen? He says it brings validity. It brings appeal to Christianity when we live fruitful lives. Amen? It brings great credibility and honor to the Lord whenever he sees one of the Lord's followers and what they see in us is worth having in their life. Amen? So that's why the Lord wants us to bear fruit. You know, the Bible says that we can either be a hindrance to the cross or we can encourage the work of the cross by our own testimony. You see, and whenever we say we're a Christian and we go out of these doors and we don't live like a Christian, that does more damage to the kingdom of God than if we said, I'm a heathen, I don't know God, I don't love God, and I don't want to serve God. It would be better that we would not even come to church and not even bear the banner of the cross than say we are Christian and not bear fruit as a Christian. Amen? Because when we bear fruit as a Christian, it brings glory and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? And so listen, the Lord wants us to be fruit producers. And the more spiritual fruit we produce in our lives, the more glory and honor comes to the Lord. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus wants us to be spiritual lighthouses for lost souls to find their way to the Father. Does that make sense to you? You see, listen, whenever there's a ship lost at sea, the way they find their way back to the harbor is through the lighthouse. When they see the lighthouse, they go towards the lighthouse and they find their way back into the harbor. When there's a lost soul out there and don't know where to go and where to find God, they're looking for a lighthouse. Why don't you and I be the lighthouse that they can see so they can come out of the darkness of this world and they can find the heavenly Father. Amen? That's the desire of the Father. Now, there's some important keys that Jesus gives us that will help us grow spiritually. And I think the keys are unpacked in that parable or that story Jesus told of the former that was scattering seed. You remember that story? The Bible says in Matthew 13 that a former went out and planted seeds. He scattered seeds. That's the way they did it in those biblical times. They had a bag of seeds. They would reach a hand of, they'd grab a hand of seeds and they would broadcast it. Now we got those things you can spin and it does it in a fancy way. Or we put it on a court behind a tractor and you could do an entire field. But in biblical times, they had a sack. They would just grab seeds and they would broadcast it. And he said those seeds fell on different surfaces or different soils. Remember that? 
And he talked about it. He said, some seed fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate that seed up. And that seed never even became a plant. Forget not producing tomatoes. It never became a plant. And then some seed fell on shallow soil and it sprouted up quickly. But then the plant soon wilted whenever the hot sun started beating against it. And then he said that there was a third seed that fell among thorns and it started to grow up and it looked promising. And all of a sudden the thorns started wrapping around that plant and it choked that plant out and it died. And finally he said there was that fourth seed that fell on fertile soil. And that seed began to bear fruit 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. It was a fruitful seed. And so, you know, in that parable, Jesus gives us really three keys to becoming great fruit producers. How many of you want to be a great fruit producer? How many of you desire to be a great fruit producer? You know, we talked about on Sunday, I believe it's in everybody's heart to be, to achieve greatness, to do something, something significant with their life, to make a, a viable contribution to mankind. I think it's in us because the Father put it in us. Amen. And I believe every one of us in this room want to be a fruit producer. But how does that happen? Well, I believe Jesus gives us the keys here. The first key is this. You have to believe God's word and have faith to overcome the enemy's temptations and resistance. It's a spiritual battle. You see, and sometimes we just say, I don't want to do that. No, Satan just convinced you to not do that. And this is what the scripture says, Matthew 13, 18. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the former planting seeds. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches it away. That seed was planted in their hearts. So you see, he's saying, listen, some people that come to church, they hear the message. They hear about the goodness of God, but they just, they just turn around and they walk around, walk away, never receive the message. And he said, I'll tell you what happens to that person is the enemy comes and snatches it right out of their heart. And you know, sometimes the way he snatches it out of our heart says, you don't need that. You're not that weak where you need Christianity or you need some religion. Oh, you got it all together. And the enemy comes snatch it right out of their heart. And they walk out of here and they never produce spiritual fruit. And then the second seed or the second key to bearing fruit. First, you have to believe God's word and, and know that there's resistance trying to keep you from surrendering to God's word. Amen. You got that? And then the second key is you have to take the necessary steps to keep growing in your spiritual walk. And this is what he said in Matthew 13, 20. He said, listen, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message. And immediately they receive it with joy. Yes, man, that's a great word. That's what I need in my life. And they receive it with great joy. Verse 21. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or persecuted for believing God's word. And so what he's saying here is that, listen, some people in church, they come to church and they hear the word of God and they receive it. But all of a sudden, they start, they start following the word of God and then they, they don't stand very long. They don't stay very long. Why? As soon as they start having problems and they're persecuted. You're a Christian? Oh, man, I can't believe. 
I can't believe you fell for that. You're getting brainwashed, man. You're, oh, you're getting duped. You're going for that stuff? And they say, oh, man, they're probably right. I'm going to quit going to that church. And all of a sudden, they die. Has anybody received any persecution since you decided to become a Christian? Or is that just down my street? I believe that's probably down your street too. Amen. It's word of Jesus said, listen, if you desire to live godly, you are going to suffer persecution, right? It's part of the mix, right? But so listen, some people never grow spiritually because they never take the necessary steps. They never get rooted and grounded because they never take the necessary steps to put their roots down in their spiritual life. They come to church and their lives are busted up and the pastor says, you need to give your life to Christ. And they said, okay, I'll do that. And then they come and they think, well, that's it. I've done it. No, no, no. Christianity is not microwave. It's not instant. And come on, it's like a baby that's born in the hospital. You got to feed yourself. You got to grow yourself. You got to strengthen yourself. You got to become strong in the Lord if you're going to endure persecution and you're going to get through problems. Come on, Christianity is not for the weak. Come on, Christianity is not for sissies or wimps. Christianity is for those that are ready to be serious and serve the living God. Amen? Come on, the Lord is the, he's the one that came up with the motto. I'm looking for a few good men and women that are willing to give all to following me. Amen? Yes, indeed. So you got to grow. You have to take the necessary steps to keep growing in your spiritual walk. And so if you're a brand new Christian or you just kind of new at this thing, Can I encourage you? Don't stop there. Keep growing. Keep growing. Amen. And then the third step is you have to make your spiritual growth a priority. You got to make it a priority. It can't be like, well, if I feel like it. Well, you know what? If it's not raining, then I might go to church. Or, you know, if I don't have anything else to do, if I have a free day, then no, man, you got to make your relationship with God a top and high priority. Amen. Then this is how Jesus explained it. He said in Matthew 13, 22, he said, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out. How? By worries of this life, the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. So you know what I think Jesus is saying? We got a lot of tomato plants in the church that ain't producing no tomatoes. Now, I know that ain't grammatically correct, but that's the the new Kajan version right there. Amen. (laughs) But are you are you grasping what what he's saying here? And, you know, he said, listen, he described four different seeds and he said only one produced fruit. So is it true that one out of every four people that come to church are really producing much fruit? Well, I would like to get to that fourth seed, wouldn't you? I certainly don't want to be like the one who the birds took took my fruit, amen? I certainly don't want the one that just starts out, comes out of the gates, and he's like the, you know, the shuttle or the, the rocket ship just comes off the pad, and then crash and burn. I don't want to be the one that, man, it looks so promising, like, man, they're going to do great things for God. And all of a sudden, my head is turned because I've got all these cares in this life. Come on, listen, 
Paul told Timothy, he said, listen, if you want to be a soldier in the kingdom of God, you can't mix yourself up with the affairs of this world if you're going to please the one that enlisted you in the army of God. Amen. You got to have focus. You got to have determination. You got to be willing to not let anything turn your head and not let the lure of shiny money or anything like that cause you to put your relationship with God on the shelf. You got to make it a priority. Amen. You got to make it a priority. And that's what Jesus is saying. So listen, ever wonder why the Lord's ultimate desire and goal is for us to produce fruit? Well, it's because that's what builds the kingdom of God. You see, just a hap- bunch of happy people is not going to build the kingdom of God. If all we do is get our pockets full of money in church and in Christianity, that's not going to do anything for the kingdom of God if our heart is not to glorify and to lift up the name of the Lord. He said, listen, what I'm looking for is not people whose pockets are full of money or not somebody who's happy. I'm looking for somebody that's bearing Christ-likeness fruit and is moving others towards the cross and towards Christianity. That's what I'm looking for because that's what's going to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. That's why. It's not to be happy. It's not to be prosperous. And it's not to just be victorious. It's to glorify the Father. Amen. Y'all agree with that? Now here's the important question. Which seed would you say best represents you and where you are in your walk with God tonight. See if you can identify yourself. Are you that first seed? You've been in church a while. You've heard about about the goodness of God and the love of Jesus, but you've never given your life over to it. The enemy has been successful in keeping you from making that decision. Maybe tonight is the night that you say, he's not taking that from me anymore. I'm not going to let the enemy, I'm not going to let that little bird called Satan steal from me any longer. Amen. I'm going for the goal. Come on. I'm going for it. Amen. Listen, the devil was happy with us just to attend church as long as we don't make a decision. As long as we don't just say, I'm giving my life over to the Lord. He don't mind you date the Lord as long as you don't get married to him. He don't mind you hang out with the Lord as long as you don't give your allegiance to him. As long as you don't give your allegiance to him, then he can keep destroying your life. But I think there's some here tonight that are saying, I'm ready to cross the line. Amen? Can I get a witness here tonight? How many of you are ready to do that? Amen? Now listen, maybe you've never really truly believed God's word and had faith to give your life to Christ. And I want to give you a chance to do that tonight because it's the greatest and most important decision that you could ever make. And listen, this is not something that you got to like. Well, man, if I say I need that, everybody's going to know I'm a heathen. Hey, listen, you could, you shouldn't care less about what other people think in here. Amen. You don't, you're not worried about what people think. You're just worried about what he thinks. Amen. Because listen, we're limited in what we can do for you, but he's unlimited in what he can do for you. And if you're right with him, listen, that's all you need. It doesn't matter who else is on your side. If the Lord's on your side, I'm telling you, you can't fail. You can't lose because he is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. But maybe, maybe you've already done that, but maybe you're a Christian, but you haven't taken the next, the necessary steps to keep growing. You know, that would be like, you know, having a baby and you bring them home from the hospital and they never do get the pacifier out of their mouth. They never quit or needing somebody to spoon feed them. 
Uh, how many of you are parents in here? I mean, that's not what you after when you had some children, right? You're just like, okay, now you five years old, you pick up that spoon. Amen. Come on. You feed yourself. It's time for you to get with a program right here, right? And listen, in the Lord's, in the Lord's eyes, He's like, listen, I, it's never been in my intention for you to stay an infant. How can you do warfare? How can you do battle? How can you do damage to the enemy as long as you're an infant? I want you to grow strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I want you to be a Marine in the army of God. I want you to be able to go take the enemy down. I want you to grow. Amen. But listen, some of you, where you are right now, you just need to take the next step. You just need to take the next step, and that's where you are. And listen, that's nothing to be embarrassed about. Every one of, listen, all of us in this room or somewhere in the, in the vicinity of giving our life to Christ and becoming mature and all of us are in the process. Amen. And none of us have arrived. Can I tell you that? No, it don't matter what they tell you. Nobody has arrived. Some might give the impression that they all that spiritually, but they are not all that spiritually. Everybody is in the growth process. Amen. So don't let nobody pull the wool over your eyes. We all need to take some steps spiritually. Amen. But listen, here's the thing. If we're willing to take some steps spiritually, we're going to grow. And as we grow, you know, the things that some people think is all about Christianity, that's the byproduct of growing in the Lord. You begin to bear more fruit, but you know what? You're never going to be happier. You're never going to be more blessed in your life. You're never going to be more fulfilled in your life than as you grow in the Lord. You know why? Because you were created to have a strong relationship with God. And that's why, listen, that's why people in Hollywood, they can be the most popular people. They can have so much money that they can't spend it all in five lifetimes, but they are miserable and they want to take their life and they just hurt themselves because nothing this world has to offer can give you true fulfillment and satisfaction in life. You know why? Because God created us to have a relationship with him and there's nothing that this world has to offer that can compare to growing in your relationship with God. Come on. Now, I'm preaching good right now. I don't know if you know that or not, but this is good preaching right now, even though it's coming out of my mouth. Amen? Come on. Don't, wouldn't you say that? That's the truth. That's the gospel truth. Amen? And I believe that with every cell in my body. Amen? So maybe the Lord wants you to take a next step in your relationship with God. Maybe the Lord wants you to do what some have decided to do tonight and get baptized. Because, you know, the Bible does say that once you become a Christian, you should get water baptized. The scripture says in Matthew 28, 19, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them. Jesus was baptized. John didn't want to baptize him. And he said, no, I want to set the example. I want to set the example. So getting baptized is an important step of obedience. And I encourage you, if you are a Christian, you hadn't been baptized, that might be the next step for you. And by the way, if you hadn't signed up to get baptized, I encourage you to get baptized tonight. We got an extra towel. You can bring that home with you. Amen. And I'm not kidding because listen, there's nothing that can compare to taking a step of obedience with God. The Bible, listen, the rest of that verse says, listen, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Verse 20, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Listen, God is with us as a church as we teach people to get baptized and God is with those that obey and do what God tells them to do. He said, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Amen. But maybe for you, it's, it's taking the next step of like signing up for the spiritual growth. You hear us talking about the spiritual growth track, the spiritual growth track. 
You say, I don't know if I need that. Yeah. Because if you, if you join, if you get and register the spiritual growth track and you go, you're going to learn some essentials, some important steps. See, some of them getting baptized, they found out about that. They learned about that. And now they're going to get the blessing of taking that step. Maybe for some of you, your next step is getting better connected with the body of Christ. Because it's like, you like the Lord, you just don't like his people. But listen, now, now listen, what if somebody says they like you, but they don't like your children? How would you feel about that? No, listen, if you like me, you better like my children or me and you are not going to be that tight. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you are like that, too. You say, listen, if you like me, you better like my children. Amen. But maybe for you, you just need to get better connected. It's time for you to get in a small group and make some friends around here. I just heard one amen. Come on, let me hear a better amen. Amen. What steps is the Lord wanting you to take? And then finally, maybe you just got, you know what, you, you've been a Christian for a while and you, you know what it like, it's like to bear fruit. You've made a difference in other people's lives. Some people may be in church today, may be a Christian today because of your influence and your Christ-likeness. But somewhere along the way, you, you, your head is turned. You got distracted. And it might be, it, it could be just nothing bad. You're just having fun. You're just living life. And somewhere your priority with the Lord is taking a back seat. And maybe tonight the Lord's saying, listen, you need to put that thing back up on top. You used to read your Bible every day, but now you don't read it too much anymore. You used to talk to me and you used to fellowship with me quite a bit, but I hadn't heard you call my name in quite a while. And maybe he's just saying tonight, listen, it's time to move along on this spiritual journey because you're going to be like a tomato plant that looks really good, but there ain't going to be no tomatoes on it. And you know what I found? Whenever I'm not close to God, I'm not bearing much fruit. I mean, you're going to see some fruit, but it ain't going to be godly fruit. Amen? It's going to be some cornal fruit. And so maybe for some of us tonight, it's time to take the steps to grow closer to the Lord. Amen. Make your relationship with God a priority. So have you identified yourself yet? Have you have you identified? Would you just be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. Are you going to be obstinate? Say, you ain't telling me what to do. Who you think you are up there? The bird, the bird is flying around your head. The bird is flying around your head trying to take that seed. Amen. But listen, wouldn't it be great if all of us just moved up in our spiritual growth and began to bear more? Hey, listen, none of us going to be like tons of tomatoes coming off the plant, maybe. But look, it'd be good to have a few. Amen. It'd be good for somebody to come up to the plant and at least a little bit of fruit up there. Amen. Come on. Wouldn't you say that would be great? Amen. Well, come on. Why don't you do me a favor? Just stand with me for a moment. I want to pray with you. and Then we're going to start baptizing. Okay. If you... If you would just bow your head with me, just close your eyes and just, just have a sober moment for just a moment. If you're here tonight and you say, Todd, you know, I, I, I know about Christianity. I've been around a bit. But, you know, I, I just, I've, never, I've never surrendered. I've never, I've never prayed and asked the Lord to forgive my sins. And really, the honest to goodness truth is, if I died, I hope I go to heaven, but I'm not sure. And I would like to have the assurance of salvation knowing that I, I gave my life to Christ. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right now? And I just want to pray for you. Good. Thank you, ma'am. Right here. 
right over here. Anywhere, just raise your hand high. Just raise your hand high so I can see it. Right over here. Those, listen, those of you that have your hands raised, this is really nothing to be embarrassed about or timid about or ashamed of. Listen, if you just raise your hand, I want you to raise both of your hands. You know, th- listen, the Lord said this. He said, listen, if you're not willing to acknowledge me before people, hey, listen, then how are you going to follow me? Listen, if you got your hands raised, I want you to do me a favor and just slip right out of the pew and just come meet me right here. Just come on. Those of you that are serious, if you're not that serious, then don't do it. But if you're serious and you don't want the birds to steal the seed, you just come on right on down right here. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for being courageous. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Come on down. We're going to wait for you. Come on down. Thank you, ma'am. It takes boldness. But listen, we'll never live out for the Lord out there if we can't stand up for him. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for just taking that bold step of faith. Come come right up here. Come, come right up here. Come right up here. This is the biggest decision that you could ever make in your life. You know, listen, this is the most important decision you could ever make. Now listen, I want you to just, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that's going to make you uncomfortable. I just want to pray with you. And listen, the Lord knows your heart. He knows your heart. So I just want you to just pray this prayer with me. Just from your heart. The only thing I can't do for you is be sincere. That's your part. You just got to be sincere. But I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer. Just say this. Jesus, I want to be a Christian. I want to be saved. I want to live my life for you. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've sinned. But I also know that you forgive And I need your forgiveness. And I'm asking for it tonight. Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you cleanse my heart and accept me into your family? I pray in faith, believing that you're going to answer my prayer and that you're going to grant me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Now listen, the Bible says when one person prays a prayer like that, that heaven takes note and that all the angels in heaven, they rejoice. They're like, yes, yes. I don't know. They might be blowing trumpets. I don't know. But they just throw a party in heaven. Amen. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's a big party going on in heaven. Amen. They're saying, yes, hallelujah. Amen. And not only that, but they'd all, the Bible also says that there's a great big old book called the book of life. And one day, whenever the final judgment comes, that whenever we all face the judgment and they say, okay, here's Todd. And the, and the angel and, and the Lord's going to say, angel, would you check that book? Is Todd's name in the book of life? And the angel's going to say, Menard's, Menard's, Menard, Todd Menard, right there. He's in here. All right, enter in, enter in. Amen. And the Bible says that tonight, whenever you just by faith invite the Lord to forgive you and invite him into your life, the Bible says the angels go put your name on that book. Your name is, amen. So whenever you get to heaven, your name is going to be right there. Amen. It's because you're such a wonderful person, a great person. No. It's because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen?